Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. I played that song on purpose because I wanted it to feel like you were like someone who was receiving a Grammy for your life work, like you wrote this great song or you sang this great song and you're receiving an award. Or I wanted it to feel like you were at a sporting event and you were the athlete and you're trying to get your head in the game. You know how they do that? They've got those headphones on and they're trying to be in the game. Yeah? So I hope it felt like that. I felt you didn't feel like, am I in the right place? (laughs) Did anybody leave? But um, because... That is, that, those words are no more true than they are for us, right? We are in this to win it, this game called life. And God has given us everything the Bible says for life and godliness. And so I want to turn to the words, are the word, can the words go back up? Um, the first line was, I'm in it to win it, okay? And it, the scriptures tell us, we are supposed to run this race called life like we are to receiving an award at the end because we are called heaven, the reward in heaven. And we're to have that mindset, we're in it to win it. Plus, we've been given everything to win it. No complaints. I just tighten up my game, okay? When I think of that song, I think of the enemy is always broadcasting, right? If, if our life is like a radio and we're turning through the station. Sometimes you get on a station and you're like, mm, I'm going to change that station, right? A thought will come in your mind or a fear or a shame. And God has given us everything to be disciplined enough to change the station, right? We're not going to complain about the things that come our way. We're just going to tighten up our game and change the station because there's lots of great stations out there where God's sharing his love and all that he has for you. And then the next line says... Everyone is yelling out your name. And we know that from Hebrews 12. It says there's a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on even right now that we can't see. But in faith, sometimes we can just get with God and soak and just picture those people in our imagination who have gone before us and run this race so well that we can learn from. They are shouting out our names. Do you believe it? And they're cheering us on. They know what you're going through. They've been there. Trying to stop you is like trying to stop a train. It's impossible. God says we are more than conquerors in all things. And then um, it says, no, sir, we're not the same. The Bible also tells us we're not like people without hope. We've got all the hope there is. And if you don't have hope today, go home, lie in your bed. And speak hope to your spirit and get yourself up to that third heaven where you're hearing what God has to say about you. Turn into the right radio station and receive that hope because trying to stop you is like trying to stop a train. It's impossible when we're living from that place, yeah? And so today, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about living from a different dimension, okay? And We know that in order to live from a different dimension, there needs to be salvation, right? So one word for salvation is sozo, okay? 
S-O-Z-O. And that kind of salvation is a salvation that everything you need, you have. I'm going to read it here. Sozo is everything that makes you whole. Sozo is love, forgiveness, deliverance, restoration, mental and physical healing, all the abilities and powers to help you and to receive and maintain salvation. Sozo. That is how we are able to live in a different dimension. Now, I did not hear the gospel until I was 21 years old. Been in church all my life, never heard the gospel. And with a crowd this big, I feel certain that there's someone here maybe who doesn't know the gospel. So can we just take one minute and share and let it be a, a refresher of how we came to know Jesus? And that is, if you've not heard the gospel or about salvation, the requirement to be God's child here and to be forever with him was perfection on this earth. It's a pretty high calling, right? Perfection. And how many of you have met that on your own? I want you to stand. <laughs> I'm sitting. Um, and so God knew none of us could meet that requirement. We, we were born with a sinful nature before we even knew the gospel. We had sinned. And so he could not bear to live without us. So the gospel simply is, is that he came here and lived it himself. Jesus lived the perfect life that we could not live. Then he died a criminal's death on a cross, which would be our punishment because we were criminals, broke the law. And then he offers to you, he says, my life in exchange for yours. So in faith, everyone should have a marked moment where they say, I got with Jesus and I said, I am a sinner and I receive this gift of salvation of your life, your perfect life in exchange for mine. I now give my life to you to be lived for you. And in that moment, exchange happens also that he gives you the Holy Spirit and God calls that the power to be able to live this life with him, to live in this third dimension. We're gonna talk about this different dimension. And so if you've never heard the gospel, and you never had that invitation, we're offering it to you today <laughs> or any time that you want to come and meet with Jesus and tell him, I want to belong to you. I want to receive this gift offering that you have. We'll have prayer people at the end over here on the side of the stage that you can meet with. But going from Sozo Salvation, we're going to talk about the only way to live this life in it to win it is to know about the third heaven okay, this different dimension. There are three heavens. In the third heaven is where God is right now on his throne, and Jesus is at his side, and we want to live from that place, and the Bible says it's possible. What does that mean? Let's talk about it today. The second heaven, so that's the third heaven, second heaven is where all the demonic is, okay, all the darkness, all the demonic, and here we are in the first heaven, and when we are living with Jesus up in the third heaven, we are above it all, okay? All the nonsense, all the darkness, the nonsense. And when we're living from here, we're under it. Anyone ever felt under it? Yeah, I did this morning for like 10 minutes and I took care of it. But that's the Christian life. You're always taking care of stuff, not letting it in, changing that channel. It tries to get stuck. Okay, um, and so let's talk about that Jesus lived from that dimension, that third heavens. Think about when he fed the 5,000. He was trying to bring people who were in the natural into that dimension with him. 
And he said, how are we going to feed all these people? He already knew what he was going to do, the Bible says. But the people responded, even if I used my whole year's wages, I could never feed 5,000 people plus the women and children. And Jesus was thinking a heavenly thought of how he was going to do it. He was going to multiply and do a miracle. The woman who touched him because she needed a healing, he said to his followers, who touched me? And they stayed here in the natural. And they said, there's so many people here. How could we even know who touched you? And he, he was up here saying, I felt power go out from me. Um, think about the principles of, of the third heaven. We, would, we could ask God, how do we prosper? And he says, give. It'll be given unto you. And the measure that you give will be given back to you. That's not the place that we live as far as I've been here. And um, the last one I want to talk about is who will be the greatest of all? Okay, when we're down here, there's different principles for that. And up here, it's the servant of all. And God is always inviting us to come live from this other dimension, this um, alternative reality where we will think, and if we think differently and see differently, the next thing that comes is from our behavior, that we'll behave differently because we'll come from a place of love. Yeah? So this is a new friend for me. Um, Liz Wright, she's online. Oh, I never met her, but I mean she's online. So she feels like a friend. You know how you connect with someone spiritually and you're just like, this is my friend. I mean, this is my sister. And she had this amazing vision that I connected with, a vision just like a picture of something while she was being quiet with God. I'd like to share that today. Um, she had this picture of the earth, and outside the earth were all these shattered mirrors. And she had this knowing that we on the earth were seeing our lives through these shattered mirrors, and everything was distorted. And we got our view of this is how God is through that shattered mirror, this is who I am, this is who you are through these shattered mirrors, and everything was distorted, and that we had been deceived to live our life from that reflection. And so she said, also, the mirrors kept us all orphaned and separate from God because you couldn't trust anything in this brokenness. And she said she saw herself bow before God and give, her, give him everything that she had, even what she thought was right, and she said, God, will you, in our quiet space and throughout my day, give me new mirrors to see things how they are? And I think the only way we can see things how they really are is from living from God's perspective, through his word, through the Holy Spirit inside of us, as well as things that God shows us when we're in intimate times with him and in the supernatural, okay? And so I'm going to talk. Okay, done. All right, let's talk about those shattered mirrors. And um, so I'm from the north, so I say mirror. <laughs> I love southern talk, mirror. I think that sounds so cute. Am I saying that right? The mirror? Is that southern? Um, so one shattered mirror for sure that we all have to overcome is something from John 21. This is Jesus talking to Peter, and he's telling him how his end is going to be on this earth. And he says, um, 
Peter, listen, when you were younger, you made your own choices. And you went where you pleased. But one day, when you are old, others will tie you up and escort you where you would not choose to go. And you will spread out your arms. Jesus said this to Peter as a prophecy of what kind of death he would die for the glory of God. And then he said, Peter, follow me. Then Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the disciple who sat close to Jesus at the Last Supper, and he asked him, Lord, who is the one that will betray you? So when Peter saw him, he asked Jesus, what's going to happen to him? And Jesus replied, if I decide to let him live until I return, what concern is that of yours? You must still keep on following me. And I think it's a word for all of us always that we see things going on and we see things in our own life that we don't understand and we're saying, well, what about this that happened to them or what's going to happen to them or I don't understand. And Jesus says in this, follow me, follow me. What have I told you? What have I showed you for your life? Not this person. Don't try to understand their life. And if you ever read uh, The Horse and His Boy by C.S. Lewis, Uh, One of the characters is asking, why is this hard thing happening to this person? Why did this happen to them? And Aslan says to that person, follow me. I will tell you about your life, and you trust that what I'm doing with this person is a wonderful thing as well. And we all need to have a file in our portfolio. I always say that we should have one that is, I don't understand and I don't get to. And that's how we stay clean on the inside, right? whether it's our own life, whether it's what's going on in the world, someone else's life that you know, we all must trust God more than we understand a circumstance. We're going to move to Romans 7. And then we're going to talk about these. The other part of that lady's vision was these mirror, these shards of mirror. They were stuck in all of her organs and DNA and her family bloodline. And the Lord was removing those as well of just like ways that we've been injured uh, even in our physical being. And we react to situations because of the woundings we've had and the trauma that God was wanting to remove those wrong mirrors in those places too. Okay, I love this first line of Romans 7. I am a mystery to myself. I am a mystery to myself. Have you ever like been in a situation and you're like, wow, that was quite an overreaction than what I really felt like I felt inside? There was a little extra heat there. Or like you get your feelings hurt and you're like, why did that hurt my feelings? I, I didn't even thought I think I cared about that. But we are a mystery to ourselves. But we are not a mystery to God, right? We, we in that moment when we're a mystery to ourselves, we have a little snapshot of that little moment that happened. God has more than that. He has all the root systems as to why we had a reaction like we did or why we felt pain or sorrow when we can't understand it ourselves, but we are a mystery to ourselves. Have you ever watched a movie where 
they follow this person who's kind of the rascal, the person that's not doing the right things. And you get such a heart for this person because you know their whole story. And then they get to the part where they're not doing the right things. And you're like, oh, I understand because you remember back there this happened to them. And, but sometimes we just meet a person and they're just doing the nonsense right in the moment. And you're like, hmm. But God has the compassion and the love from the whole story. He understands the whole thing. He understands all the shards of glass and the, uh, the mirrors. And so we are a mystery to ourselves, but God is not a mystery. To, we're not a mystery to God. For I want to do what is right, but end up doing what my moral instincts condemn. And if my behavior is not in line with my desire, my conscience still confirms the excellence of the law. And now I realize that it is no longer my true self doing this, my true self, but the unwelcome intruder of sin in my humanity, the sin I was born with, those shards of mirror. From this place is this intruder of sin into my humanity. For I know that nothing good lives within the flesh of my human humanity, my fallen humanity, sorry. The longings to do what is right are within me, but my willpower is not enough to accomplish it. My lofty desires to do what is good are dashed when I do the things I want to avoid. So if my behavior contradicts my desires to do good, I must conclude that it's not my true identity that is doing this, but the unwelcome intruder of sin hindering me from being who I really am. Through my experience of this principle, I discover that even when I want to do good, evil is ready to sabotage me. Truly deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God, but I discern another power operating in my humanity. It's waging war against the moral principles of my conscience and bringing me into captivity as a prisoner to the law of sin. This unwelcome intruder in my humanity. What an agonizing situation I am in. So who has the power to rescue this miserable person, man or woman, from the unwelcome intruder of sin and death? I give all my thanks to God for his mighty power has finally provided a way out through Jesus Christ, the anointed one. So if left to myself, the flesh is aligned with the law of sin, but now my renewed mind is fixed and submitted to the righteous principles of God. Yes, that is a great scripture. Unwelcome intruders. Sometimes we think we are this unwelcome intruder, just our true self. And we don't realize that this unwelcome intruder is someone who's believed all these lies of these shard mirrors. We are still responsible before God in a wonderful way to get with God to say, what is true? Where am I seeing distortions? How am I off? Why don't I believe you in this area? We've all had experiences that are in that file. I don't understand. God knows the whole picture and he's faithful in all of it. He understands. But we have a cracked mirror that we're seeing it through. And therefore, our behavior is out of a cracked mirror. And he understands that. And when we get with him and we share our heart, I do not want to live this way. 
I see this pattern in my life. The Bible talks somewhere about you want to go one way and you go the other. I felt that in my life. I want to go right. I keep going left. Yes? And God says, I want to love you in that place. I don't have a finger pointing at you, mad at you. It's quite the opposite. Remember, I know the whole story. I know why you're doing that thing. Get with me. Let me tell you truth. That's where that third heaven comes in place that we want to be, keep living in and keep listening and asking God to show us what's true. The Bible is the most amazing book. It's the only book that I know of that says it's alive and active. It's at work inside your body. And hear what I'm saying and, what I'm, and not what I'm not saying. We need the Bible constantly in our life, and we need more. The Bible hasn't answered all my personal questions about my life. I love the Bible. It takes nothing away from the Bible because guess what? God did that on purpose. He allows these little gaps in life. Have you felt gaps? I felt gaps. Our brain could know everything. He could have made it that way. We could know everything could always go perfectly in your life. He could have made it that way. He didn't. He left gaps. Why? He left gaps for intimacy. Because otherwise we would live separate from him. We would be orphaned. We'd figure it all out ourselves. He didn't want that. Not because he's harsh or he's mean, but he loves us. He wants a relationship. So there's gaps. No problem in the gaps. I don't always love the gaps. Okay, one time a lady said, faith, I love faith. I'm like, oh, I don't always love faith. I don't always love faith. I like to figure things out for myself often. I like when things go smoothly and I know everything because I like to be in control. But he wants us so dependent on him, it's like we need him to live inside of us, that dependent. <laughs> if he didn't need to live inside of us, he wouldn't have made it that way, right? He would have said, I can be this close right? But he's like, no, you all, you need me right in there. That's how much you need me. And it's a wonderful thing. He will tell you things you could have never known about yourself. Can I get a witness? In times of the Lord, you're like, I didn't know that about myself. I didn't know I took over that area of my home. And I said, I watched you do that with so-and-so, and I think I'm going to take that over myself. But thanks for the offer. And then when that thing falls apart in you, you're like, okay, I, I, I changed my mind. I think I want you back, and I want you to take over that room, because I'm, I'm not so good at that, right? But it's all our woundings, our misunderstandings. And this lady, I went to a conference this weekend, and it was this, I loved this lady. You probably know her. She was new to me. Her name's Donna De Silva. She does the Sozo ministry. And she said, when I am in the first heaven and I can't get up... I just say, Papa, up like a child. All right. Okay, so that there's more good news. You ready for more good news? God understands the whole thing. He knows where we're coming from. And so he says in Romans 8, he says, so now the case is closed. The case is closed. The case for you, the case for you, the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. The case is closed. He did the whole thing. He understands the whole thing. 
The case is closed. Any voice that you hear of shame, condemnation, right? The case is closed, right? We're, we're changing that channel. That familiar voice that feels like, you should have done it this way because you knew better. If you knew better, you would have done it that way. There was something in you that was cracked and you didn't do it that way. And so your beautiful responsibility is up, Papa. How in the world do people talk about these things and not cry? <laughs> oh, he's so good. All right. What time does this end? When I'm done, okay. Thank you. Okay. I had a third dimension experience in 2004 that changed my life. Uh, it has to do with this word that God gives us about he wants life union with us. Yeah. And so when I was 38 years old, I had this. <laughs> Shoo! Um, who's going to be like halftime show if I fall apart? Somebody come up here. <laughs> we, um, I had just had my fifth child and my hormones were wacko. I mean, I, they were just crazy nuts. My thyroid was hyper, but I didn't know it. I went down to under 100 pounds. I was not sleeping at all at night, and my brain was just going nutsos. Like, my, I became this person I didn't recognize. And, yeah, hormones are really important. <laughs> And so is your thyroid. Bless your thyroid. Bless your hormones. Everything's important. We need it all working. Yes. So anyhow, remember, I had this little place in my house that was like, God, I've seen this safety thing and health thing, and I think I'm going to take that myself. I think that I'll take those rooms myself, but I'm going to serve you and have my quiet time and all the other rooms I want to meet with you, but health and safety were mine. <laughs> and so... I, was, I came to a friend, this is after three months of only sleeping two hours a night. And my, just, I never was tired, and I was losing all this weight, and I thought, I went to the doctor, and they couldn't find anything wrong. And um, I told this friend, I am in a really desperate place. And I told her what had happened. She has a strong prophetic gifting, right? I searched the Bible for answers to what I was going through. This is what I'm talking about. God, the Bible is beautiful, but he wants us to have relationship with each other and live in this third realm. Yeah. And so this friend was like, Debbie, you know what I just heard after I shared my story with her and was vulnerable. The only person that knew what was going on was Matt. You know how we hide all our stuff from people. But um, I, and she said, Debbie, I felt the Lord say you're supposed to read the Emancipation Proclamation. I was like, Really? <laughs> and she's like, yes, I'm serious. I felt it so clearly. And you're supposed to pay attention to dates as you read the article that you choose. And I was like, okay. And I never did it. What I did do instead was I got in my quiet time. I said, God, that is really not funny. It is not time for a history lesson. I am desperate. And I was full of anger, which was a new experience that I'd had because I had served the Lord faithfully you know, kind of separate and orphaned. And, and this was my first time, like, I was stepping into, like, trusting him in, in this realm. All right? And so I didn't do it. 
And then my friend called me the next day and she said, I took my kids to the library. Oh, wait, wait, let me tell you more. I used to be a history teacher. And so I knew about the Emancipation Proclamation. She said, what is it about? I know you used to teach history. I said, it was Abraham, I mean, I was really talking like this. It was Abraham Lincoln. He was like wanting to keep the union together. And he was trying to end slavery. So he was trying to free slaves. And she's like, okay. So it was about union and freedom, she said. I was like, yeah, union and freedom. And then I had my nonsense with getting mad at God. And then she called me the next day. She said, I went to the library this morning. And the bulletin board on the library said union and freedom and had Abraham Lincoln's picture on it. I was like, all right, I'm getting online. So I got online and then I was mad again. I was like, I'm telling you this because if we always tell our stories like they go smoothly, my stories with God have not gone like, oh, and then this happened and then the river flowed and the stars beamed and didn't go like that. Most of mine don't. And you have to search it out. And he's there the whole time like, with the cracked mirrors of all the bad attitudes, and here you are leading me astray and giving me a history lesson when my whole life's falling apart. And so I, then there were a million, right, Emancipation Proclamation, like, okay, okay, now which one do I choose? Like, I'm supposed to know which one to choose. And so I was like, this one kind of sticks out to me. Like, it was bad attitude. I, I picked it, and randomly, there were three dates underlined in this article that had lots of dates. And the first date that was underlined was July 22nd. I have no idea why in this article. And that's the day I was married. It was July 22nd. The second date underlined, for random reasons, was September 22nd, the first day that I stopped sleeping. And then the third date that was underlined was January 1st, which, of course, makes us think of a new year, a new beginning, that kind of thing. And so I was like, okay, I'm listening now. There's purpose in what I'm going through, and I know God did not cause it. He didn't cause my body to stop functioning and fall apart, but there was purpose to be gleaned from it. He was calling me into union with himself and freedom from fear of trusting him in this area of safety and health. And I said yes to it on that day, and it did not all go away for eight more years. But I then started on a journey of living from that third heaven because I was absolutely desperate. And it was a series for years of just having these experiences with God that it's, you would be silly. It takes more faith to call them a coincidence than believing in God. It would take too much faith, too much faith. This one night, Matt and I were, Matt was sleeping. I was awake and I was praying because remember I still couldn't sleep. And this voice in our bedroom said, Papa, Papa. And it was my son John's voice. And Matt came out of a sleep and he was like, what was that? I was like, what did you hear? And he was like, I heard Papa, Papa. And it was John's voice. I said, me too. And so I knew John wasn't in there. I'd been up the whole night. And so he went to John's room and he was sleeping on the top bunk and came back and he said, what do you think that means? I said, I've only heard things happen like this to other people. And they always look at the clock and try to figure out what time it was. So it was 5.07 when it happened. And it was John's voice. So let's look up John 5.07. And you, maybe you're going to lose trust in your leaders that we do these. <laughs> oh my gosh. What the heck? 
I mean, the Lord came and showed us. We were supposed to go to John 5-7. No, I'm just kidding. But really, that's how it was. And so um, remember, I was 38 years old when this all started. 38 was the age that my parents were killed in a car accident as well. They were both 38 years old. And then this started happening when I was 38 years old. And I've learned that this happens a lot with people when they've experienced a trauma. Sometimes age is an interesting piece in that. But the scripture from John 5 was talking about this person who at age 38, which I don't even know another scripture where they tell someone's age in the Bible, but in this one they do. This person at age 38, that's not how it goes. For 38 years, this person had a disability. What was it? Anyone know? I don't know. It was something. And this, and they couldn't get in this pool where the healing was. And, the, and he said, uh, there's no one here to lift me up and put me in the pool. And yes, and, the, and Jesus doesn't say anything about what this man's talking about. He gets right to the core, the third heaven. And this is what he says to the man. Do you want to be made whole? <laughs> and I read that and I just went, oh, wow. <laughs> then I next looked up. Papa, Papa, where are there scriptures about that? And in Romans, it talks about um, where we cry out, Abba, Father. Romans 8, 15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves, friends. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now call him Abba, Father, or Papa, Papa. Uh, I had lived separate from God, orphaned in that area, and now God was calling me to life union to be, for him to be my papa. Couldn't have got that just from, you know what I think is missing in my life? You know, and God, he fills in those gaps, and not even because we did all the right things and because we were, uh, I was praying night and day, honestly, because I really did not know how to get my life back, and I had all these kids to raise, and it was a really scary time. Um, and now I sleep through the night and I have a relationship with God and I'm able to change channels uh, and trust him, which is a beautiful thing. The Bible says that man, man, I'm going to come back to that. Man does not live by bread alone or in this natural realm. You're not alive there. You are never meant to just live there in the natural realm. You, can you feel it when you're there? Can you feel like everything feels too heavy? I'm under everything. I'm right here. And so we say, Papa, take me up here, whether it's getting on your bed, listening to worship, reading the word, speaking things that God's told you. We must keep coming to this realm and being with Jesus. And he supernaturally allows us to live from that realm. It says we don't live by bread alone, by every word that is proceeding, it's in the present tense, from the mouth of God. So that tells me he never meant us to only have the Bible, and that's taking nothing away from the Bible. Please, t- please hear me. I'm taking nothing away from the Bible. My favorite book. I love it. So much life. We need to live from it. There's, more, there's also more. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.